We are we are really the standard and Waldorf of um, podcasting, aren't we? This is London Calling. London Calling. The leader of the opposition. Well, let's get down to the basics of what this is, is really about. This is about the Prime Minister's ideological attachment to keeping COVID restrictions and mandates. 63% of Canadians want the restrictions and mandates to end. Can the Prime Minister tell Canadians when he will end the divisive, outdated and unscientific mandate and restrictions? <laughs> Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dunningpot, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Now, Tobes, I would imagine that people have been worried that mummy and daddy have had an argument and that that's why our podcast was delayed this week. But that's not the reason, is it? No, that's not the reason. Um, It's all your... To complicate things, I'm in Mexico City. Um, yeah. I've come. Would you, to- would you, you tell us all about that in a moment. Just, just uh, we'll, we'll get the tech boring stuff out of the way first. So I had my computer crashed. But I, I, my point was that I, I, I was able, even though I'm in Mexico City, I was able to uh, record the podcast and send my half to our producer Brian. But um, you, on the other hand. Well, yeah, tapes. Rural Northamptonshire is a lot more remote than <laughs> Mexico City. Number one and number two. Have, have I ever been known as Mr. Tech? I don't believe anyone has ever called me, even, if, no, never have I been called Mr. Tech. And, and yeah, it, what, it's, what it's taught me is that you must renew, you must buy a new, new computer rather sooner than I do. I, I, I kind of think, you know, oh, I, I bought one last week when it turns out I actually bought it, you know, 10 years ago and everything, all, the, all the software's out of date and anyway. Um, we're now doing. We're now trying this new trick, aren't we? I, I, I'm, re- I'm recording this on my mobile phone. Right. Yeah. And, and it's I, really. It, yeah. And, and I. Yeah. I'm, I'm recording it on my desktop, but we're doing it via Zoom audio. Um, uh, and yeah, it seems to be working okay. I don't know what the quality is like for our listeners. It may be not quite as good as when we did it the old way. But you know, if people don't complain, maybe we'll just carry on doing it this way. The advantage is. Our producer can rec- he 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 is recording it, and we don't have to send him anything. It's always been a bit of a problem. I mean, bit of bit bit of peep. But we can draw the the curtain aside here for a second. Often after we've recorded our respective halves, um, I send mine, and it arrives immediately. And then Brian has to twiddle his fingers while waiting for James's half to arrive, and it can take hours because your internet connection is so slow uh, so if we can do it this way we're obviously- if i've gone to my pilates class as well i i don't get the frantic messages because I'm, I'm busy doing all the you know do, doing my hundreds and stuff and I, I haven't mentioned the other big advantage of this it means that i no longer have to record in the same room as the wife and right. I, I don't know whether you're aware of this but wife is much more team toby than she is team james and so Whenever I say kind of Team James-ish things, I, and, and, she's, and she's not using her headphones to try and drown out the noise of me uh, yak, yakking on, uh, I, I get sort of noises and, 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 and grumbles about how, how mad I am. Right. So I'm, I, I, can now, I can now be free. You know, when, I, when, we talk, when we talk about my, my hunting day, for example, I can tell it like it was rather than sort of giving the sanitized version. Anyway, yes. okay. uh, tell us about why you're in Mexico City. So I'm in Mexico City because um, my daughter is currently um, uh, on her gap year. 
and starting university in the autumn and she's going to be doing um, Spanish and sociology and so she wanted to come to a Spanish-speaking country for six months to um, improve her Spanish before she goes to university and she, uh, she lighted on Mexico City and um, rather than just send her off um, you know with a backpack and hope for the best I've come out here with her um, for the first week in the hope of finding her a job and an apartment so at least uh, at least we know she has those things in place um, and won't and won't kind of die of worry. And actually, Mexico City um, turns out isn't as um, dangerous as it's often portrayed in, you know, programs like Narcos. Um, it's actually, you know, bits of it are kind of very prosperous and middle class and seemingly quite safe. So there's an area called Roma where um, Sasha wants to live, um, which is a bit like the West Village in New York. It's like a cross between the West Village and Barcelona. Um, very nice, uh, with lots of nice restaurants and bars and young people everywhere, uh, and seemingly quite safe. Um, so, um, yeah, <laughs> one of the reasons I was able to come with her, James, is because, uh, as I think you probably know, um, Mexico is one of the few countries you can come to without having to be vaccinated not only that you don't even need to show you know a lateral flow or pcr test result um in order to to, to get into the country i mean they have no restrictions um at the borders at all um and yeah. uh, so that's great um but rather disappointingly even though there are currently i don't think any government mandates in place no covid restrictions in place at all um nonetheless um people do wear masks um not uh, on the street so i'd say about um 75 of people on the street are masked up um which is a bit disappointing and i, I think the reason for that it's part has, it, has it occurred to you they could be bandidos toby they could be wearing masks because that's what they do they're part of criminal drug gangs waiting to shoot i listen i saw you, you haven't watched much of Narcos. I've seen the, the, all, all the different seasons. And there was one episode where these two American tourists go to this authentic or, authentic restaurant in, in this the Divey district um, that you, know, you, you get to experience authentic Mexico. And they end up get, being offed by the cartels. So <laughs> you can't be too careful. Yeah, I, know, I, I think actually the opposite is the case. I think the reason so many ordinary Mexicans are, or so many people you see on the street are masked up um, isn't because they're violent criminals. Um, it's because, on the contrary, they want to signal that they are members of the responsible middle class. The bedwetting class. Uh, 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 just like, just the same reason people wear them in, in um, Waitrose, in, you know, Cambridge. It's, 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 it's a way of signalling that you are a kind of responsible, conscientious person who believes the science and is doing one's bit to try and, you know, mitigate the impact of the pandemic and so forth. Um, I think it's that. It, it's a kind of uh, signalling your membership of the kind of middle class liberal um, uh, you know, metropolitan elite rather than because they're bandits. Well, yeah, well, I don't know, because imagine, li imagine living in a country where you can't get on a, bet, a bus without fearing that you're going to be rounded up and taken off the bus and shot one by, by one and, and buried in an unmarked grave. Or Because I've, I've seen these programmes and I know what it's like. <laughs> imagine <laughs> being, in a being in a country like that and yet worrying about a disease where your survival chances are what ninety nine point nine seven percent or something. It's 
Yeah, I, yeah, know, I, 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 I mean, fair, I think I think the number of people who've died of COVID is higher than the number of people who've been murdered by the uh, cartels. Um, about, died um, of COVID, died with COVID, maybe. <laughs> I don't think of. Tell me, you're such a normie. You really are sometimes. Anyway, tell me, is Mexico City? I, I, I don't know much about it, apart from the fact that it's very, very high up, isn't it? Are you having difficulty breathing? No, I, I did have a little difficulty acclimatising, but um, I've been here now for three or four days, so I think I'm pretty acclimatised. But yeah, no, just walking upstairs because the oxygen is so thin because you are so high above sea level, um, you would be out of breath by the time you reach the top of the stairs. And combined with the jet lag, that can be pretty debilitating. But I think I'm pretty much over that now. I'm and just- is, I, I imagine I, I really want to go to Mexico, despite what I said earlier. I really, really do. And I, I'd love... Mexican food is 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 the Mexican food good in Mexico? Yeah, it is. It, it is good. I mean, interestingly, a, a lot of the kind of trendy restaurants in areas like Roma are Japanese restaurants or Italian. That's right. Uh, which is fine, yeah, but um, you know, obviously Mexican food doesn't have any cachet in Mexico <laughs> the way it does in no. London. Um, so finding, but no, I've been to some fantastic Mexican restaurants and eaten some really nice food. So yeah, the food's been fantastic. And one more question, one more technical question: Is the Spanish that they speak in Mexico is it is it good Spanish or is it kind of some sort of bastard Mexican Spanish? A bit like you know they speak funny version of French in Canada and in yeah, in, in West Africa. I'm not myself a Spanish speaker, James, which makes um, you know finding my daughter a job in an apartment quite difficult. But she's been oh, yeah. uh, she, she she did Spanish A level and um, she's pretty fluent and uh, doesn't seem to have too much difficulty um, communicating, even though she learned you know conventional Spanish rather than any variant. Um, but uh, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's a little bit different, but not too different. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, good. Well, I'm, 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 I'm envious of your globetrotting lifestyle. Yeah, well, it's very nice out of London. I was, I told, I told you on our last um, unrecorded or, or un, unfinished podcast about my adventures at the weekend where I went hunting for the first time since I got banned by yes. my entire family. If you remember, I I, I had a bad accident. Um, so hunting, this was your first, um, first hunting trip since the accident? I hadn't realised that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, because they all ganged up on me. The, the ban prevailed. And I, there came a point where, actually, I'll tell you what, what the, one of the things that happened to me. Um, there's an author that some people may have heard of. Um, you probably wouldn't have heard of it. She's called K.M. Payton, and she wrote a series called The Flambards, Flambards, rather, which was popular, I think, in the 1960s. And they, they, these were novels about riding, riding, and they were particularly loved, loved by girls. You know, After I'd written in The Spectator about being banned by my family from hunting, um, she wrote to me, you know, and she was in her late 80s at the time, and said, I think it's, I think you should live your life. I think it's quite wrong to, to not do something you enjoy doing. So uh, partly I, I, I went, hunting inspired by Kathleen Payton and it right. was really good I have to say I mean the, the, the reason the, the reason that, that people go hunting uh, you know apart from the fact that it's a fantastic way to see the English countryside and, and you know the bond you have with your with your with, with the animal you're riding and so on and, and with the camaraderie it's that it's the most intense thing you can do I would say well, it sounds uh, it sounds exhilarating. Um, we should probably hear from our first sponsor, James. Um, yes. So let's take a quick diversion to do that. 
When running a business, James, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap. An average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. Month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel any time. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend your time on HR compliance or being bossed around by HR social justice warriors. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash London right now to re- to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash London. Spelt B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash London. Okay, James. Well, um, there are a few other things to talk about this week. Um, uh, true. Well, besides hunting, I can't. I can't imagine that. <laughs> there's, there's, um, yeah. Uh, Justin Trudeau granting himself um, oh. uh, emergency powers in order to, amongst other things, uh, freeze access to bank accounts for the truckers um, on the Freedom Convoy. Which is extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, I, th- I, there was a fantastic... I, I don't know whether you saw that the Bob the Cartoonist fantastic cartoon of Trudeau um, reimagined as, as Colonel Gaddafi wearing a similar similar rig, except he's got these sort of various symbols of woke on his, on the, on his uniform. Right. It, it, isn't it extraordinary that Canada, this country which is part of the the commonwealth these people have fought alongside us heroically in two world wars we've got so many connections with canada and not a peep has been said by any of our politicians about this appalling totalitarian behavior in this country which is to all intents and purposes a part of england it's extraordinary it's the the the, um Eric Kaufman had a good piece um, about this in The Telegraph today, I think, in which he says that the reason Trudeau is reacting in this way to the Freedom Convoy uh, in quite such an authoritarian, slightly crazy way um, is because um, his father and then he um, have have been engaged in this project to uh, reinvent Canada as a kind of multiculti centre of kind of um, wholesome progressive politics, as a sort of moral beacon of progressive values for the rest of the world. And they've more or less erased kind of Canada's um, white working class in the process of doing that. They belong to the old pro-British Canada and have been largely ignored and neglected for the past um, 50 years or so. And so seeing them reemerge in this way and assert themselves and also claim, uh, wrap themselves in the flag and claim that they represent the real Canada is a, is a, is a, an existential challenge to this, to this project that the Trudeaus have been embarked upon since the beginning of the 1970s. And so that he will, he will, he will, he, he will use any means necessary to crush them because this is the reemergence of a Canada he thought that they had successfully 
placed in their past. Uh, so I thought it was quite a good analysis. I think that's a good that's a good thesis. It's, it's quite a normie thesis, but I, but I, but I'm I'm quite persuaded by some of it. But I think I think what it really comes down to is a he is like his dad, who who, who was not Pierre Trudeau. It's Fidel Castro. I think he was an illegitimate son of Fidel Castro. <laughs> uh, and secondly, of course. I mean that that situation that you just just described in Canada is is really very similar to the one in in New Zealand, which again has got you know um, Commonwealth country with with a sort of rugged working class um, traditions that that have now been sort of um, erased by this new kind of bedwetting metropolitan um, political situation. But I think that Jacinda Ardern and and uh, President Bieber, aka Justin Trudeau, are are both creatures of the World Economic Forum. I mean, they are Klaus Schwab's proteges. So what what they what they are doing to their respective countries is really just just fulfilling the plan of the World Economic Forum to create these these kind of cuck states, which don't really act in the interests of their people, but rather act according to the interests of of the the billionaire. Well, trillionaire elites who 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 um who fly to the World Economic Forum. I think that that's that's the real problem. Well, I think I, I mean I, I would I'd I'd um I'd go this far, James. I'd say that um uh, certainly Trudeau and Arden um are ideologically aligned with Klaus Schwab, and they're engaged broadly speaking in the same ideological project, which is to reinvent socialism. Um, uh, for the kind of 21st century, um, a kind of digital version of socialism instead of the analog socialism which failed, um, and um, and and they and they've kind of um, ma- married up some some sort of traditional progressive values with kind of woke gobbledygook to produce this new kind of viral cocktail, um, and it's very much intended to. Um, uh, uh, be a bulwark against kind of various populist challenges that um, uh, radic- that, that, that mobilise kind of white working class voters. Um, uh, and it's also compatible with kind of uh, uh, maintaining existing hierarchies and structures and, you know, largely capitalist economies in these countries. Um, uh, Eric Calvin calls it cultural socialism as opposed to cultural Marxism, which I guess quite, quite, a, quite a good phrase might catch on. Um, but I, I wouldn't go yeah. beyond that. I wouldn't go beyond saying that they just share. Well, of course you would. They share Toby Young. Are embarked on the same project, but I don't think uh, beyond that um, there's 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 much coordination. Uh, but anyway, I think we can um, agree. What we can agree on is is that it is glorious to see the of the truckers' rebellion. Uh, the, the the truckers not so far looking like they're going to capitulate, and they're bringing the people on board. And I think I think a lot of us, well, me certainly, have been looking at Canada for the last over the last 18 months and thinking what has happened to you Canada you know you 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 were once these proud independent people and now you've surrendered to you've become Cuxville and you've allowed this tyranny to 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 take hold without really resisting finally we're seeing the resistance and it's catching on around the world you know it's like um like Katniss Everdeen it's you know in in her fancy outfit it's catching fire Across the world, the people yeah. are making the mockingbird symbol, Justin J symbol. Yeah, but just to go back to Canada briefly, um, one of the interesting things that's, that, that's happened, well, well, two interesting things have happened. The first is that um, since the uh, Freedom Convoy, 
um, uh, Trudeau's approval ratings, um, his poll numbers had been um, falling quite significantly. Um, uh, and it looks now less likely that he'll ever win another general election. Um, and rather excitingly, Erin O'Toole, um, uh, the leader of the, or the former, he, he was the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, and he's just resigned. He was, I think, you would describe him probably as a bit of a cuck. Um, and, um, and, and so there's now going to be a leadership. Oh, would I? Uh, there's going to be a leadership contest in the Conservative Party of Canada. And there's one very promising um, rising um, Conservative MP called um, Leslyn Lewis, who is black and um, an evangelical Christian um, and um, absolutely uh, opposed to the vaccine mandates. Um, uh, so um, you never know. The next contest in Canada, that in the next general election, could be between um, a Leslyn Lewis-led uh, Conservative Party and um, the Trudeau-led Liberal Party or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, he could be absolutely trounced. It would be absolutely... Do you wrong. think, Tobes, that when it, when they do their head-to-head, do you think that Justin um, might do his blackface to try and try and win? Because <laughs> that, that's the sort of thing he, he enjoys doing, isn't it? I, I actually saw Leslin, um, some video footage, and I thought, this woman is awesome. I don't know if it's Erin O'Toole. I thought Erin O'Toole was a porn star. Is it a man's name? Sounds it is like a girl's name. It is a man's name, yeah. What, what is this stuff that's going on in the world? There, there, there all these people with these kind of girl... Uh, this is this is part of the kind of feminization of us, or, or, the, or the sort of 57 generalization of our society, isn't it? Where, where you've got these, these people being given these kind of indeterminate names. You're not sure what gender they are. Erin O'Toole. No, I, I don't want that. I don't want that man running Canada. I want Leslin. Uh, we should probably we we should probably hear from another of our sponsors. We've got three uh, sponsors this week, um, so let's hear from let's hear from uh, one more. Um, so, James, from the moment I sat in my X chair, my body immediately said, "Ah." So this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. I never actually look forward to sitting in my office until I got my X chair. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? My X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My X chair can. It's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X chair. And once you feel the customized support of X chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Those are all the reasons I love my X chair. Now I can't wait to be at work. And sometimes, even if I'm not working, I sit in my X chair just to get that feeling. Take my advice. Try X chair for yourself, risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you'll never go back. I promise. Go to xchairlondon.com now. That's the letter X, the word chair, L-O-N-D-O-N.com, or in the United States, call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. That's xchairlondon.com. We should probably talk about... Um, Prince Andrew's recent settlement, um, uh, James. Oh, we, oh, um, we so should, Toby. One of the <laughs> 12, 12, million, 12 million quid. He's, yeah. Prince Andrew is, play, is allegedly playing out to, because he didn't, of course, have sexual relations with that woman. Um, yes. What's her name? Virginia, Virginia Joffrey, because, or Joffrey, I haven't pronounced it, because he was actually having a pizza at the time. 
and he really wasn't very close friends with with Jeffrey Epstein. Barely knew. I mean, but, I, you probably knew. We, we know that you knew Jeffrey a lot better. I, I never. James, like, I was having a pizza at the time. I've never met him. <laughs> um, <laughs> genuinely, never met him. Yeah, but 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 I think there are tunnels that go underneath from the pizza restaurant. So so uh, yeah, uh, twelve million. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money. And apparently, Mum, i.e., the Queen, is going to be contributing to this. Yeah, I, I do you think um, do you think she's had to say that in part because um, if it seems like he's spending you know part of his royal allowance, um, I'm not sure he even gets a royal allowance now, but you know the, the, the people will be concerned if it, if it looks like taxpayers' money. But if it's from the Queen's kind of personal wealth, then it's sort of I suppose marginally less controversial. It, people will feel. I'm not sure. Her. I'm not sure if I'd been the PR advisor for the royal family, I would be putting it out that the Queen. Is 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 forking out millions to cover up kind of alleged alleged pedo behaviour by by her favourite son. I'm not I'm not sure really that that, that well that that, that is that isn't the story that they put out exactly, is it? <laughs> I mean, the, the, well, yeah. The story, uh, it, the story is that um, you know um, he's he's admitting nothing. Um, right. but, oh, no. um, in the interest of draw, drawing a line under this affair in the Queen's uh, jubilee year, um, uh, he is he's doing the right thing, even though he's admitting nothing. But I, I, you're right, you know, as 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 you sort of pointed out a second or two ago, um, why would he be shelling out twelve million if in fact he was completely innocent? I mean, it, it yeah. doesn't. Actually, it doesn't, and if he was confident that you know he would, win, I don't know. Tex, um, I I often often spend. 12 million when people accuse me of things people <laughs> accuse me of having done terrible things i just think wow well, yeah just 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 draw a line under it there was a very there was a very funny meme of like a huge crowd queuing up outside buckingham palace and it was something like um crowds assemble outside buckingham palace as news gets out that prince andrew is giving millions away to people he's never met <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. Do you, do you think, I mean, I, I used to be, um, in my normie days, I used to be an ardent, ardent monarchist. Uh, and I'm still, I'm still quite fond of the, 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 the Queen, but I can't see the royal family um, going on beyond when the, when the Queen goes, which, which can't be much longer. I, I, I couldn't support this, this horrible shower of, of sybaritic losers. Oh, I, I really couldn't. I can't bear I, any of them. Oh, so you're, are, you, are, you a, are you a Republican then, James? I had no idea. Yes. I, you're oh, yeah, I, I have. I, I mean, I, I'm a monarchist. If they were like Princess Anne, who, who obviously rides horses and things and, and just talks sense, um, then, but, but they're not. I mean, you've got the terrible Prince Charles, who is another stooge of the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. I mean, he's absolutely green nutcase. And there's been no sign of any any different views from William. William was bought into his dad's eco-lunacy views. I don't want these people having any any influence or power in the world. I, I think they should just retire well, to an island with a volcano and just shut up. I think the, the argument for um, the monarchy um, is not that they do have any influence or power, but they stop uh, um, uh, our elected head of state from becoming too powerful so they act as a constraint and so they're, they're, that theory yeah but it's not real is it i mean you could sum up you could sum up this argument james by saying yeah there's a the two-word case for the monarchy is president blair 
you know, imagine yes, no, I, I, Tony Blair had I've been had been had been, a, had been able to declare himself president, and he was our head of state, head of the armed forces. Uh, he would have been much more powerful and and had a mu- much more uh, influence, I think, than 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 just being Prime Minister Blair. So you know, being a constitutional monarchy, I think, does at least um, uh, save us from you know um, uh, uh, presidential dictatorship. I think the, the the problem with I, I I've advanced that that theory myself in the in the past as justification, but actually, the idea that the royal family are just harmless entertainment, um, you know, figureheads, has been tested to destruction in the last in the last two years. Um, the Queen made the terrible terrible mistake of joining the government's vaccine Nazi program. You know, when she when she. When she abandoned uh, traditions of being a, completely apolitical, when she when she sort of suggested that people might, you know, that people really ought to get these the death jabs and um, and 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 suggested that the reason that they, they might not be wanting to get them is because they didn't they, they were worried about the pain of the jab and they were, actually it was fine. She should never have spoken out about that. But also, but far worse, far worse was the way that the royal machine was mobilized to promote the appalling COP26 event in, in, in Glasgow. It, Charles, Prince Charles has been cheerleading this eco-fascism for, for a long time and in a very dangerous way. He undoubtedly has a deleterious influence over pu- public policy. I do not want that nutcase anywhere near the throne. I, I, I know, I, once Queenie goes, that's it for me. Well, I, I'm obviously a huge fan of the Queen, not a huge fan of Prince Charles's. Um, but he's an ex king, um, Tobes. But, but I think, yeah, true. But um, uh, you know, the ne- the next in line after him, William, I don't think is nearly as bad. I, I think he. Does oh, he's, have- he's like an accountancy version of Prince Charles. He's just, <laughs> just like Prince Charles, but a bit drearier. Uh, I think he's. No. I think he, he, he seems to be. He seems to. He's he, a prat. He uh, he's been much more much more conscientious and professional and responsible than his younger brother, um, uh, and I think in you know he's been a real contrast gainer there. So does your republicanism only date back to uh, the pandemic? Were you not a republican? Yes, until, uh, yes, okay. yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've changed. Well, you, you've noticed this, Ted. I, I, I've I've gone down the rabbit hole. I'm no longer a normie. Can't stand can't stand the rules anymore. I think they're they're corrupt at the very least, and 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 probably dangerous. No, I I I, I don't want them anywhere near. Um, they should all just bugger off to I don't know some island mm. and stay there. I I um I I I think there are what's the what's of... the island with anthrax on it? That would be good. What, what the the one off the coast of Scotland with anthrax? That, they can go and live there. <laughs> Oh, James, I, I think uh, I think that if 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 I think um, amongst other things, amongst other disastrous consequences, if we got rid of the monarchy, I think it would lead very quickly to the dissolution of the United Kingdom. I think it's uh, I think the monarchy is one of the few uh, institutions that is holding uh, the different people, the different nations of the kingdom together. All our institutions are bust. The, the church okay. is gone. The royal family is gone. The the the, the military is gone. They've all been institutional capture. That they've all been taken over. By by the left, by the CCP, by the World Economic Forum, it's 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 overtopes. James, I don't think you realise that these 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 institutions that um, you've you've kind of decided are all part of this kind of global conspiracy. Um, they are that they are holding back the tide. If you if, if you if you get no, rid of all these institutions, these checks and balances, these traditions, customs, um, uh, these parts of our history, um, things won't be better. They'll be 
by an order of magnitude worse. Um, uh, everything you fear will come to pass and more. Uh, they are the only thing holding back the tide, Then It's already, it's already <laughs> happened. That um, ship sailed. Uh, no, do we want to discuss not. the defenestration of um, Cressida Dick, or shall we... Um, no, I think it's, it, it's too niche. I mean, I, I'm glad the witch is gone, um, and I think that's... Not, I mean, Americans don't know who Cressida Dick is anyway. Um, you know, she's a, she's a ghastly woke police uh, head of the police in London, and now she's gone, and that's a good thing. But she's going to be replaced by somebody worse, who's probably going to be. There I mean, you are, James. Somebody worse. Cressida. That's what always happens. Well, it's <laughs> going to be they, they, because it's so woke. It's going to have to be somebody, a, a disabled black lesbian, at the very least. I don't know what 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 other factors they might have to um, have to 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 get the job. It's going to be terrible. All of these all these various institutions that you've lost faith with in the past or lost faith in, in over the past years, like the church, like the monarchy, um, they are part of an alternative source of national identity to the uh, woke progressivism of the Trudeaus and the Ardennes. But they're not, Toby. Look, look, look at you. Look, I cited the Church of England. Look who's in charge of the Church of England. The Archbishop of Canterbury is this, this old Etonian woke Easter. He is, he is doing terrible things to the church. Do you, have you had the latest proposal of the Church of England? They're going to create, they're talking about creating these bishops, floating bishops who will not be attached to a diocese, but rather they will have specific functions. And the two examples given were there could be a bishop for COVID and a bishop for Brexit. Now, what has this got to do with the church? It's got nothing to do with God, nothing to do with Christianity or anything. It's just become this, this uh, yet, yet another sort of gelatinous blob of woke values. I think, um, look, I, I wouldn't defend having a bishop of COVID or a bishop of Brexit, but, and I do think Justin... Don't defend the Archbishop of Canterbury. I wouldn't well defend him either. Calling. He's like but, the Pope. He's just kind of, you know, working for the other side. The, the, I'm sure the kind of strategy behind this is um, recognising that the new woke church poses an existential threat to the Church of England. And so they're trying to accommodate it. They're trying to make concessions. They're trying to appease it in order to preserve the Church of England. Um, and I think that I think that, that, that fundamental analysis is correct. The woke church does pre present an alternative source of religious identity. Um, and, and that's what and, and it's been the decline of the Commonwealth and the kind of cultural power of the Queen and the soft power of Britain and so forth, which has led to the success of Trudeau and Arden uh, in New Zealand and Canada. And if we were to become a republic um, uh, uh, and the Church of England was to be um, uh, what um, uh, uh, disestablished um, and various other institutions that you want to see scrapped kind of fell by the wayside, we'd see a complete woke takeover. We'd see the rise, you know, of this religion, which has already kind of reached almost unstoppable velocity. So things would just get worse in order of magnitude for all the shortcomings of those institutions. It, it's, uh, we need to cling on to our traditional sources of identity, James, because the alternative is worse. Oh, James, that was just absolutely not. Lots of people are going to be chucking bread rolls at their devices whatever device they use to listen or listen to this so should we just briefly talk about the culture corner yeah well i think we need to um hear from one more sponsor before we go to culture corner start mail keeps my email private period every email can be encrypted even if the recipient doesn't use encryption when you delete an email in start mail it's gone forever and start mail uses their own servers not amazon's which means they can't be put out of business like parlor 
Switching to StartMail is seamless too. You can easily transfer all your current email data, so there's no starting from scratch. StartMail is also backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. You get unlimited anonymous aliases. This feature protects your main email address from spam and phishing attacks. So when you're giving your when, so when you're giving your email to a company that want to protect your identity, Startmail can generate a shareable alias email, so people can't sell your information and they can be deleted anytime. Your cybersecurity has never been more at risk. Email snoops and scammers are taking advantage of the pandemic as phishing has skyrocketed in the last year. Take control of your privacy with Startmail before it's too late. Sign up today and you'll get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash London. That's startmail with a T, S-T-A-R-T, mail.com slash London for 50% off your first year. Startmail.com slash London. So, James, um, Culture Corner. Yes, yeah, well, um, I've been, I've still been enjoying uh, even though it's rubbish, but it's enjoyable rubbish, and that's Reacher. There's the beefcake, where, where he's always getting his T-shirt off for the girls, and the boy's got just endless ultraviolence. What, what's not to like? Yeah, it, it does feel like um, soft porn for the ladies, um, as we've discussed before. And yeah, I'm on, I'm on, um, I've seen seven episodes and I haven't yet seen the finale. Episode oh, we're in the same boat. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've been enjoying it too. I mean, it is, as you say, it's, it's sort of popcorn, but it's, it's quite fun. Um, and, um, uh, and yeah, it's very violent and, and he's sort of a, a traditional, um, you know, taciturn um, male. Um, so it's sort of almost a kind of eulogy to, you know, um, uh, the, the old fashioned, virtuous, protective, male even though there's a bit of kind of um you know there's a bit, a bit of kind of uh, spice girls style kind of girl power uh, thrown in but it's not it's not not anything resembling you know uh, fourth wave feminism um but yeah no, so he's like you Tobes. he's on the autistic spectrum and he's, he seems to be on the spectrum yeah he <laughs> says so little you you, you expect and when he does say anything it's always quite factual and um and you know it's it's not quite reciting bus timetables but it's it's not a million miles away yeah i quite like that about him too yeah i identify with that um but but like you james i i i think we've, we've discussed this before but um you know i'm used to suspending disbelief uh when it comes to these kind of network american television shows um mainstream television dramas you know you you don't mind that the women's hair is always perfect that when they wake up in the morning their makeup looks as though it's just been done the characters are always far better looking you know than the people the actors are always far better looking than the characters they're playing and so on and so forth we've come to kind of you know and and a lot of them have kind of plastic surgery even if it's set in the 19th century so we've come to we've come to accept you know these conventions we just kind of routinely suspend disbelief about how unrealistic these things are but i'm fine i'm struggling to get get past the fact that um the, the the actor who plays Jack Reacher is so unbelievably buff. I mean, I think we we all, we, we already talked about this in, in the last show, but it, 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 I can't, I just can't get past it. It's like you know he's supposed to be this kind of itinerant wandering loner, um, you know, who lives on buses and in motel rooms. Uh, there's no gym membership in Jack Reacher's life, and yet he looks for all the world like he's just stepped out of you know um, a bodybuilding class with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, at some gym in Los Angeles. I mean, <laughs> exactly it's yeah. dangerous because it gives women an unrealistic expectation of what men should should look like and also 
it's deeply implausible. There's this kind of running gag, running um, theme that that Jack Reacher eats junk food all the time, and he eats on the hoof, and he eats the kind of crap you get out of vending machines in in motels and stuff. Well, anyone who knows anything about bodybuilding, which obviously you and I do, knows that in order to get those get that that six pack that you and I have both got, you've got to really put in hours. You've got to be in the gym every day. You've, and you've got to really watch your diet. You're probably going to have protein shakes and you're going to have raw meat and eggs and stuff like that. You, you, you wouldn't get a body like that um, on, on the, on the Reacher, Reacher dietary program, would you? And I spent a year um, uh, trying to get a six pack. I mean, I, I, was, I devoted myself to it. I spent kind of, you know, up to 15 minutes a day doing various kind of stomach strengthening exercises, went on a low carb diet, went to the gym every other day, ran when I wasn't in the gym. And by the end of it, I didn't have one. I mean, you, you've just got to be unbelievably, you've got to work unbelievably hard. You've, you've got to devote your life, you know, to the expense of everything else uh, to getting a six pack. Um, so, you know, the idea that he he just happens happened upon one is just ludicrous. Um, but, but I think the most fundamental thing about it, which is objectionable, is that his character um, is supposedly um, uh, completely unvain. You know, he doesn't care what he wears. He, he He's happy to buy secondhand clothes. If his secondhand T-shirt gets ripped in the course of a fight, he'll just mend it with gaffer tape because he he is just the last person in the world uh, because he's a real man to, com- to, to, yeah. to think about his image or about what other people think about what he's wearing or what he looks like. But you don't get a body like that if you aren't an incredibly narcissistic, vainglorious popinjay. You know, it, it, yes. you know that that actor in real life is standing in front of the mirror in you know mr muscle in downtown la flexing his guns for hours on end you know because other, there's no way you can kind of get a body like that or would, or would bother to get a body like that if you weren't completely obsessed with your body image and how you appear if you weren't a narcissistic male quite the opposite of the kind of old-fashioned he-man that he's playing in this uh, in this series anyway so that bothers me a bit yeah well I, james you and i are in total agreement <laughs> about that and i think that's actually on that happy note of agreement, we should end the show and just say how relieved we are to have got the show in this week because it was looking yeah. dicey, wasn't it? And I think people, they can't, they, it's like people crawling through the desert. They need water. They need London calling. And we've provided it. There are some people addicted to London calling out there, James. And yeah, we need to give them their weekly fix. We are we are the Jack Reachers of, of podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, okay, well, hopefully by next week we'll be um, back to normal and you won't sound like a dog yeah. fading in and out. Yeah, yeah. All right, James. Okay. Okay. Good. Right. right. Bye. This is London Calling. Ricochet. <laughs> Join the conversation.